Welcome to Tech Bytes, a 15-minute podcast that gives you a quick but comprehensive look at the products and technologies in the real world. Today's sponsor is Silverpeak, and we're talking SD-WAN with their customer, Tennessee Oncology. That's a healthcare provider that offers cancer care across the state. With multiple sites and critical business apps that include electronic medical records and drug and lab systems, the network is a critical component of the provider's clinical care. Our guest is Robert Holloway. He is Infrastructure Manager at Tennessee Oncology. Robert, welcome to the show. And can you get us started with a quick background on Tennessee Oncology, how many locations, the patients you serve, that kind of thing? Uh, Yeah, uh, and good morning, and uh, thanks for having me. Um, Tennessee Oncology is a leading cancer care treatment practice that's uh, privately owned by the physicians uh, in Middle Tennessee. Uh, We've been around for a long time. Uh, I think it's uh, over 30 years now. Um, We have about 90 physicians, about 900 or so uh, employees on staff across, uh, I think it's well over 30 locations today. Um, We really try and provide uh, comprehensive care um, to our patients, chemotherapy, radiation treatment, diagnostic imaging. Um, We have on-staff psychologists that work with our patients and their families as they go through their treatment and, you know, getting used to life with cancer. Mm. Um, So it is a a comprehensive uh, treatment practice that we use, uh, that we try and work with our, our patients on. Okay. So yeah, that sounds very comprehensive. Uh, Can you give me a sense of the applications and services that you're providing to end users and presumably end users means clinicians, researchers, and patients? Yeah. um, Obviously our our primary application is our electronic medical record system. It is third-party hosted cloud application. Mm -hmm. uh, So it does uh, involve all of our uh, providers and uh, clinicians and staff uh, to be able to access that across the internet from any of our locations. Um, we also have a practice management system that we use for billing. Uh, we have a lab information system that we use for accessing all of our lab orders and results. Mm-hmm. We have our drug ordering system for all of the, the drug cabinets that, that hold all of the drugs that are used throughout the day. Lots of different applications like that. We also uh, use voice over IP for our phone system. Mm-hmm. Um, we have multiple SaaS applications. We use Office 365. Uh, we provide Wi-Fi for our patients and their families when they're uh, in the clinic. So uh, lots of different applications. So you're heavily into cloud-hosted applications as a transition. That means you've got the situation where it's not just a private WAN. You've also got a lot of public services. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we have quite a few. Um, you know, We transitioned from an on-premise EMR to our cloud-based EMR about two years ago. We are looking potentially at moving our practice management to a cloud-based system sometime in the next couple of years. Definitely see that transition happening more and more. Our ERP system is going to move to a cloud-based system here shortly. Did that drive your decision for SD-WAN? Like as your apps move to the cloud, then everything becomes internet or uh, or as I call it, public WAN. And that would be part of the decision, I think, to move away from fixed WAN to to public WAN or internet. Absolutely. That was one of the big drivers behind us beginning to look at an SD-WAN solution. Uh, we really were feeling very pigeonholed into, you know, a, a pretty manual process for failover, you know, having that private WAN that's very high performance, but it is all private, everything backhauling to the data center, not having a lot in, in terms of failover for that. SD-WAN, it was really something that we felt as we began to move to more and more cloud solutions that we really needed to look in. So are you using things like broadband or direct internet access then for these links? Uh, yeah, today, uh, most of our locations have, we still have our primary Metro Ethernet layer two link um, that connects all of our sites in a, in a mesh network. But most of our locations also have a DIA circuit or a broadband circuit um, as, a, as a backup right now. And we do have a few locations that we're actually using LTE as that backup um, link. 
Uh, we do still backhaul all of our traffic to the data center, but now that we have our SD-WAN fabric established, it makes it much easier for us to look at the potential to go directly out to the internet for a lot of those cloud-based services now that we have that capability. It sounds like what you're saying there is that your move into SD-WAN has been um, an ongoing change. You moved to SD-WAN appliances, you got control of the traffic, you got access to public networks as well, like to public cloud services, but you've also kept your old stuff and then you started migrating into the directions that make sense. So you didn't sort of walk in and pave over the old way. You've actually been organically moving forward over a couple of years. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, we actually did our uh, our initial SD-WAN rollout throughout much of 2018, actually getting the equipment in place. We had to wait for a couple of feature updates to come out on the, the Silver Peak product to, to really get to where we are today, which is not only moving uh, to that SD-WAN fabric and having those DIA circuits um, in all of our locations, but also being able to pull out our firewalls that we had at every location previously and using the, the Silver Peak uh, Edge Connect device as the branch router um, at every location. So does that mean you're also going to get rid of firewalls at each location or rely on Edge Connect for both for routing for SD-WAN and, and firewall? So for today, because we do still backhaul all of our traffic to the data center, um, even if it goes across those DIA links, um, we we plan to to pull all of the firewalls out except for the ones that are primary egress locations, our data center, um, our our backup uh, egress location, and we have a hub site down in Chattanooga um, that we use for internet egress as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if one of the things that we're potentially looking at um, in the future is uh, potentially looking at firewall as a service in the cloud, things that mm-hmm. we can use the uh, Silver Peak uh, IP uh, IPsec chaining capability to be able to send that traffic uh, directly to uh, cloud firewall providers from the Edge Connect appliance to be able to do security on traffic that we do want to send directly out to the internet. And are you anticipating cost or operational impacts from being able to pull out that additional layer of infrastructure, that that firewall and routing infrastructure? You know, I think in the in the short term, it'll definitely reduce our, our annual maintenance costs. It's one less uh, device that we've got to keep out there and try and keep uh, operational. Um, you know, I, eventually, as we look to uh, move to that, uh, potentially moving to that firewall as a service model, I, I don't know that we'll necessarily see any cost savings on that. But I think for the same cost, hopefully we'll see a much more resilient fabric and, and definitely a much more capable fabric. It's much more desirable, I think, for an organization like yours to have a constantly updated firewall infrastructure with different services on it than to continually be going back for funding to keep changing your security posture. That would be a part of it too. Cloud-based security has many more features and functions than you can get by self-hosting, I think, today. Yeah, that's true. Um, like I said, and you know, the ability to try and uh, keep that upgraded, keep all of our signatures up to date, keep the uh, the firmware up to date on firewalls. Obviously, when you're managing that in house, that's an additional you know maintenance window you've got to work on. You've got to make sure that you have your your topology set up to provide for availability and redundancy. The ability to to leverage cloud resources for that definitely is uh, appealing, uh, just from a management standpoint. 
So let's go back to that, that list of applications that you mentioned at the, the start of this interview. It really demonstrates how critical the network is to Tennessee oncology. Can you talk about sort of what you see as the, your greatest challenge and, and whether that tied into applications or a class of applications that you have to support? Yeah, you know, I think uh, going into uh, SD-WAN uh, before we, we rolled it out, I think our biggest challenge was really a lack of visibility, lack of knowledge over what our WAN traffic looked like. Um, we really didn't have any sort of visibility into the different applications and, and types of traffic that we're seeing, how much bandwidth different uh, traffic classes were using up, and really had no visibility into the performance of those uh, individual links. Um, what we were seeing in terms of latency, loss, jitter, uh, you know, bandwidth utilization. Um, so we really didn't have any knowledge of that. SD-WAN really brought that for us uh, with Edge Connect. Um, but it also gave us, you know, once you have the visibility, then you can begin looking at uh, controlling how you define that traffic and how you treat it. Um, and so, you know, we start with visibility and then we move forward into control, being able to classify traffic based on, uh, you know, at layer seven values, what URL we're going to, mm -hmm. uh, what domain we're trying to hit, um, you know, as well as typical, you know, port protocol, et cetera. Um, those, those were big factors for us. This is a common story around SD-WAN is because you have these very intelligent edge devices with the visibility, you can actually see the traffic by class by and almost by application. So you could say, my voice traffic is performing like this, therefore I need to then take this action to improve it. That's really a key part of your of the process, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we can look at the, the visibility of the various flows going through the Edge Connect appliance and see um, what the, the performance is of that, what links it's using. Um, you know, are we seeing uh, issues with that across one link or the other? And it's also not only do we have that visibility and we can kind of make some tweaks or some changes to uh, the overlay policies that we're using with Edge Connect, it can also be very intelligent in how it uses the, the underlying circuits. Um, you mm -hmm. know, if it sees that there is a circuit that is underperforming for a particular type of traffic uh, based on the particular bonding policy that we have set, it can decide to route all that traffic across a better performing circuit. Um, it also has the, the reliability and the resiliency built into it so that it actually, you know, uses parity and can send traffic across multiple links. Mm -hmm. And whichever one gets there first, if the traffic, if there's corruption, um, across one link, it can use that parity to rebuild the traffic um, so that we have that redundancy there. Hmm. And you're dealing with really sensitive information like electronic medical records, patient data. Uh, what's the security story been with SD-WAN? Are you able to get the controls you need, the segmentation that you need? Yeah, um, you know, of course, uh, everything going across the wire um, with the, the Edge Connect appliances are through, um, you know, encrypted IPsec tunnels. Um, we also have, um, we've begun using their security policy capability uh, to be able to restrict traffic. That's one of the great things that uh, once that feature became available, that really allowed us to pull those existing firewalls at every location out. Because one of the primary things that we were using them for was to segment the guest traffic that we provide for uh, patients and their families mm. uh, to keep that from touching our internal network. And, you know, being able to use those security policies to segment that directly on the Edge Connect appliance has been uh, a real big win for us. I presume, yeah, it's, people expect to have Wi-Fi wherever they are, uh, but you can't <laughs> have guest traffic and patient traffic mingling. Yes. You mentioned you're sort of in the in the midst of this rollout. What's it 
been like? Are, are you? Do you have IT folks at each branch? You, do you send people out to do a deployment? Are you able to do it remotely? What has it been operationally? Uh, you know, our IT department is very centralized. Um, most of our personnel, um, uh, we work out of one location, our, our corporate HQ office, mm-hmm. um, and we, uh, you know, go out to sites as needed um, to perform maintenance or to install equipment, etc. Um, you know, we do have to go on site. We have to physically install all the Edge Connect appliances out there. From a deployment standpoint, the Edge Connect part has always been very easy, very straightforward, very simple. Uh, we were able to pretty much put in a, a cookie cutter procedure for that very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the complex part for us has been uh, at the beginning was tying it into uh, the firewalls at every location and making the firewall configuration changes to bring SD-WAN in, which is one of the reasons why we're really um, looking forward to getting all of these firewalls out. Um, because that really removes a lot of complexity in our network environment right now. I mean, we're probably about a third of the way through that rollout right now. It's more of a, a resource and time. We've got to schedule it. Um, that requires downtime at the clinic. So we have to make sure mm-hmm. that we do that um, after hours, trying to get that scheduled for you know my people to have time to go out there and do that. Um, on the clinic schedule, it just takes time. We generally go about one uh, site a week okay. uh, right now to get that done. But I think, again, you didn't have to throw everything out and start again. It's an incremental process of change. It doesn't require exactly. you to stop what you're doing and, you know, have a, three weeks to throw it. And this means you can just, any problems, you can iron them out progressively and in good order without the whole business being impacted. Right, exactly. So talking about those challenges that you mentioned earlier, uh, what, what's sort of like the, the after been now that you've got Edge Connect in place? Uh, you know, the after has been great. Like I said, it, it, for me, it, it's fantastic to be able to go to the orchestrator console and in one place, this, you know, unicorn single pane of glass that people talk about, <laughs> um, to be able to, uh, to see, you know, uh, visibility across all of our locations, all of our circuits, what their performance is, what our traffic looks like, what the, the different type of traffic, what their profile looks like across our circuits. Um, and to be able to use that from a, a troubleshooting standpoint. And also, you know, when we bring in new applications and we want to, to treat them with certain priority, uh, it makes it very easy for us to go in and, and add that um, so that those uh, are treated with, with higher priority to make sure that you know they have uh, precedence to get across the wire. And what about uh, bandwidth? Presumably, now you're able to take full advantage of having multiple circuits at one site. Yes, absolutely. You know, before SD WAN, our backup circuits were just that; they were absolutely failover. It was a very manual process to get all the routing and everything switched over, so that they could utilize the backup circuits. Now it's essentially just like having two circuits um, that we can use uh, together um, at the same time. So it's definitely much more efficient use of the resources we're paying for. Um, mm. And it definitely has, you know, opened things up for us to say, well, we're no longer tied to just the bandwidth of the first circuit. We've actually got the combination of the bandwidth across both circuits at these locations to be able to use. But you've also got the fallback. So you can select which um, apps are prioritized in the event that something, you know, something unexpected happens. Yeah, definitely. You know, for instance, um, at our locations where we have um, LTE backup, uh, just because it's uh, not very cost effective for us to put in um, even a broadband circuit out there, these are usually much more rural remote locations. What we found is that, you know, we can set up the the policy there so that the LTE is strictly a failover for that. Hmm. And in the case of failing over to LTE, you know, because we are limited on data charges for that, et cetera, you know, we can prioritize what traffic goes across and even say certain hmm. traffic 
um, doesn't go across in the event of a failover. And that's sort of what we've done. Um, we have prioritized EMR traffic. That's the first thing that has to go across. Yeah. And we've actually said that in that particular case, we won't uh, pass uh, guest Wi-Fi traffic across. So. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But that's but that's not something you could have done in the old setup. Absolutely not. No, no we, we had just, no capability for that yeah. before. So let me just ask a final question. What what made you go with Silverpeak? Was there something during the um, the purchasing cycle where you were evaluating solutions that stuck out? Maybe just pick two points that really stuck out for you. Yeah, the main thing was um, at the time, it was one of the few uh, SD-WAN products that actually could classify traffic based on layer seven information. Uh, again, mm-hmm. with us using moving toward a cloud hosted EMR, the ability to classify traffic based on the URL um, our users were going to uh, was a big key point for us. Um, right. and that and the ability to provide the uh, the resiliency, how they handle the failover slash aggregation policies for the different circuits was something that we felt, you know, Edge Connect was the best one that we saw. All right. Well, Robert, thank you for joining us for this Tech Bite and, and thank you for to Silver Peak for being a sponsor. You can find this and many more fine free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.